from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It's an honor and a privilege to speak with the over 1,000 people that have been on this broadcast. We continue to add great minds and voices and people in the community of Central and Upstate New York, the region, local, international, national, across the country. It just it means the world to me to have the people that we have had on the show. Dan Conley had yet to be on the show until today. This is something that I've wanted to do for a while, so I'm very proud and I'm happy that it's finally getting done. And, you know, I've, we've kind of run in similar circles and, you know, been around each other, obviously, in the community. But this is the first time that we get to talk together on the airwaves of Wake Up Call. So with that being said, I welcome him in <clears throat> with great honor and a great privilege, Dan Conley, former linebacker for the Syracuse Orange. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on. And I will give a shout out to the uh, your listeners if anyone wants to get on their radio or the uh the broadcast with Dan, just hit him up on Facebook because that's how I got on here. I begged my way to get on the show. <laughs> no, you didn't have to beg your way by any stretch of the imagination, but it was nice to see the connection to Dana Cottrell and, and that, you know. Yeah, it, Dana's a, uh, he's a, a dear friend of mine. We were roommates my senior year, uh, 94 up at Syracuse, and um, just a, a great person. Um, was a really good football player. I obviously had a chance to go play for the Patriots for a couple of years. Um, can't say enough good things. I mean, there's there's a little group of uh, him, Rebar, a handful of other guys that were just uh, salt-of-the-earth guys that uh, we still today get together and uh, have a couple pops and play golf and barbecue. So um, really, you know, when you look at college football, and um, I, was, I just had this conversation last night, and to me it's it, – you would think with your own teammates you build some camaraderie, but there's even outside – remember guys like Casey Jones from Miami, you know, the amount of respect that I had for those guys. It's just, uh, I think it's what's great about the sport. So yeah, Dana is a dear friend of mine and proud of how much success he's had and got a wonderful family. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and when we, when we get to see, you know, that connection and, and guys coming back and getting back together, just what, you know, that means to you, because obviously you're here in the community of Central and Upstate New York, but a lot of these guys, you know, for the Florida State game especially, I think there's, what, about 60, 60 or so uh, gentlemen that came back into the fray and, and back here into the Carrier Dome and got to see a big-time win for Syracuse over a storied program like Florida State, 30-7. to What did that mean to you to, to have that come back to the community? Because it's, it's, it's seemingly been forever since there's been something like that in our community. It's um, it's exciting for me to see a how the the success that Dino and his staff and the kids have had, um, and you know John Wildhack and uh, what he's done with the athletic department with Herm Fraser. So it's, I mean, I've I've been here since 2008. I was a part of uh, that staff uh, for four years, and thought we made a dent in trying to get it kind of back to you know that competitive level and bowl level um but it really hasn't gotten i mean it's it's been since way back i think in 2000 2001 or coach p's last year when he lost to georgia tech in that 
maybe whatever bowl it was. It's been a long time since I think this community has been excited about Syracuse football to the extent that they are right now. I, I can't tell you how much money I spent on Syracuse stuff um, over at Dick's, like jackets and T-shirts and sweatshirts. I, as a matter of fact, I went to the Notre Dame game. And I, my, all my stuff got stolen in a bar right before the game. My jacket, my hat, my gloves, all my new Syracuse stuff. But it's uh, it's it's the vibe in town, you know, being able to come to work after, after you know, after Syracuse came back and put it on BC. I mean, everybody walks into work with a smile. So it's it's infectious. It's uh, it's really uh, it's, it's, it's so exciting for the community. But as a former football player, it's um, – it's great to see former players come back, be on the sidelines. I think John Wildhack and, and Herm are working hard to, you know, connect the dots again and, and bring former players back to the university. Uh, it's a priority for them. Uh, I know um, I, I had a, I was in a meeting, a high level meeting with some great former players and discussed it. And um, they're making a real effort to bring players back and players are excited. You know, we're excited again about our, our team. Speaking here with Dan Conley, a Syracuse linebacker in the history of the team and also a former assistant coach, and like you were talking about, trying to bring some success back to the program in the, you know, by 2009, 2012, within that time period. And, and just, you know, when you were a coach on this staff sure. and, and you were starting to see some change and, and getting, you know, winning records, getting back to a bowl game and whatnot, just, just what that meant to you because there was that feel, there was that – there was there were moments of the fans saying, "We're turning that corner." I, I can sense it. I can you know get a feel for it, and then it, it dipped after that. Before now, what Dino is doing, just what you could say about being within that environment, because it had been so long and seemingly forever that Syracuse had been anywhere, and then you were a part of a staff that got them back to the postseason and back in the minds of of some people that may have gone away from the program. Yeah, and and uh, I, I understand how that happens too, and I don't. You know, I mean, there are some diehard fans out there that continue to have their season tickets. Um, you know, some people have, you know, I, I don't know if they say their feelings have gotten hurt or they just kind of lost that, uh, you know, that, that relationship with the university athletic department or football program because of, you know, how poorly, you know, how far we fell. Uh, when I got the phone call, I was coaching at Wagner College in 2007 and Greg Robinson had called me and said, um, you know, Steve Russ is going to wherever he was going and I want to hire as a linebacker coach. And I thought it was the greatest opportunity in the world. And I still do. And it was, um, that was, that was really at the top of my list of career goals was to be the linebacker coach of my alma mater. So, uh, it was exciting for me to come back into, you know, the mess that I did. Um, you know, I obviously survived, um, Doug coming in and, you know, re- releasing seven of the nine full-time assist full-time assistants. So the uh, Derek Jackson and I remained on the staff, and for three years I worked with Doug. And um, you know, it's it's funny. I've uh, I've uh, I'm sidetracking here for a second, but I got up to like 295 pounds like a year and a half ago, just being lazy, not watching what I was eating, not working out, and um, I've lost about 40 pounds in the last year and a half. And people ask me how I do it. I go, I watch what I eat, and I exercise. So there's a, there's a there's a formula for having success, and when Doug came in, um, you know, like a lot of you know a lot of coaches come in, they bang their fist on the table, and we're going to change it. We're going to be a disciplined program. We're going to get rid of the kids. You know, I don't know if you could actually say that, but we're going to get rid of the kids that are problem kids. And 
there were there were a handful of kids that were um, they weren't great teammates and they created a lot of conflict on the team and those kids left the program and uh, so having that that old school you know Paul Pasqualoni Dick McPherson mindset George O'Leary mindset of coming in and rolling with an iron fist that it that's how the program started out but the relationship that I created with Scott Schaefer was one of the best coaching relationships that I ever had. And he's, he's a, he's really a big reason why we had so much success. If you look at that defense, when, when I was coaching in 2008, it was, I think ranked 108th in the country out of 122 division one teams. Scott come in, Scott came in in one year with same kids on the team. Uh, but we shuffled a couple of kids around from offensive defense, like Doug Hogue, uh, you know, Darrell Smith was a running back that came over and played a linebacker. And he just built, <clears throat> pardon me, he built a defense that was built on defending spread teams and then loading the box versus teams like Pitt and Rutgers that wanted to try to pound you on running power, ISO, and counter, play action pass. And we went, uh, our first year, we were ranked 35th in the country. Our second year, we finished the regular season ranked fifth in the country. So um, Scott Schaefer, uh, uh, one of the best football coaches. I remember uh, uh, I, I said, if I wasn't in yeah obviously having some self-confidence. If I wasn't the best coach on the staff, I was second best coach on the staff behind Scott Schaefer. I, that's what I tell people. And, uh, he was an excellent coach. I obviously got the opportunity to take over the program. The problem you have today in college football is no, there's no patience. And I understand that because if you're going to make two or three or $4 million as a head coach, you probably got two or three years. And that's the problem with the, the profession itself right now. You know, Coach Mack, I think his first five or six years at Syracuse were losing records. Frank Beamer took him, geez, seven or eight, nine years to, to get Virginia Tech turned around. Um, people aren't patient like that anymore. So I do think Scott Schaefer would have won at Syracuse eventually. Uh, you know, here's, and anybody that watches the program will know that a lot of those guys on that staff he was friends with. So. His loyalty to Timmy Lester and some of the other guys on the offensive side probably cost those guys their jobs because they just weren't having success offensively. And they needed to find a way to get the ball down the field vertically, not horizontally. And uh, not to say that they weren't good coaches, it just wasn't flowing. Um, but I do think Scott, Scott, you know, is going to have success wherever he's at. Um, and, I, you know, I was one of those guys I'm looking, I go, Four and eight, four and eight, and you know what are they going to do this year? I go, oh, well, probably four and eight. They'll probably beat Clemson or Florida State, a team they shouldn't beat, and they'll probably lose to a team they should beat. And then all of a sudden, they uh, they just it, it's got to be one of the biggest turnarounds in college football to go from one of the lowest ranked teams and how people were talking about Syracuse is like you know even in my own mind I was like, are we ever going to be able to come back? What he's done in those uh, for what he's done and those kids have done along with uh, that administration up there in the athletic department. Um, it's just close to a miracle, and I say that not uh, – it's just so impressive of what they've done. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's days – times like these, you're just super proud to be uh, an Orangeman. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking here with Dan Conley, former linebacker for Syracuse and a former assistant coach on the team, you know, to, to go throughout the, the time that you had there, and like you said, is it ever going to come back? Is, that, is it ever going to be there? What can you say about – Dino Babers, you know, have you gotten to spend some time with him? Have you gotten to be around him? He's 9-3. and three. <clears throat> Syracuse has not won at least nine games in a season since 2001. Didn't start 4-0 since 1991. 
hadn't been ranked in the AP and the coaches poll together for the in 17 years until now. Had never been ranked in the college football playoff poll until now. So many things coming from this season alone, then add in defeating Clemson, the reigning national champion last season, and the year before that, defeating a top 25 Virginia Tech team. And Florida State's already been defeated by Syracuse, although having a down year. Louisville, who's been struggling, obviously Syracuse bested them. NC State, who's a good team under Dave Dorn, bested them as well. So uh, what has Dino showed you, and and have you gotten to spend any time with Dino and and actually get a feel for who he is? I uh I, I I've been to a handful of events um and said hi uh I I, I have uh, I'm like right in the meat and potatoes of life I've got a 16 year old as a junior FM high school 13 year old is in eighth grade and I got a ninth nine year old that's in fourth grade um I every Saturday I'm at Pop Warner Fields for 10 hours because I'm the safety coordinator of our association and I help out with CNY Pop Warner so I get to watch it on the uh, ESPN app sometimes. I get to follow the scores. Uh, I haven't gotten to many games um, just because we're so busy with our kids. But uh, what's what's impressed me, uh, one of the things that's impressed me the, the most is the plan that he put in place and publicly said, hey, uh, this is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to hit our stride, and this is when it's going to take off. And almost on cue, all those things happen. You know, the Virginia Tech win from last year, and then I don't know, I, I can't remember exactly how he laid it out this year, but this was the year that they were going to have success. His patience on the sideline, uh, I'm not like that. Um, I'm never really happy as a football coach. Uh, and even I coach high school football now, and we score a touchdown, and I, uh, I'm, you know, glaring down the field and finding a reason to get aggravated again. Um, but watching those guys operate on the sidelines, how well they've done special teams, they've, they've done a great job. Uh, and I don't use the word great often. Michael Jordan's great. Wayne Gretzky's great. They've done a great job identifying the personnel that they want, regardless of how many stars they have. You know, in a school like Syracuse, you know, it, it, uh, up until maybe recently, you couldn't go get a Jadavian Clowney. You know, I, I, I joke with people. I said, my wife, Jen, for as much as she knows about football, I mean, she could coach Jadavian Clowney to come off the edge and be a great player. You know, there are schools out there that can go get kids that are finished to a, to a certain degree. And, uh, you know, I, I think what we always took pride on is, as, as a player and as a coach at Syracuse was the development of a player, a kid like Doug Hogue that was almost on his way out as a running back. As a third-team running back, I got a chance to bring him over and play linebacker, was National Defensive Player of the Year uh, twice, and ended up being an all-conference football player, got drafted by the Detroit Lions. So the development that these guys are, are, are having, the, the success they're having with these kids growing as football players and, and the recruiting part of it, I think it's a big big key to their success. Speaking here with Dan Conley, former Syracuse linebacker and assistant coach. Dan, before I let you go, just what you can say to you know building this community and this brotherhood back up again and, and having former players back, past, present, and future – all being together. Uh, a lot of people have talked about the community of this team, the care and concern of this team that they have for one another, that they're, you can see it on the field, you can see it when they're, when they're with one another, wherever they are, that they genuinely care for each other. So the brotherhood is there on the field right now with the current 2018 team. What can you say about making sure that this brotherhood for Syracuse lasts and that guys like yourself get to be around guys like Dungy and Dungy around guys 10 years from now? Uh, 
it's, it's a great question. I just, I was at the mall doing a little Christmas shopping the other day and I ran into Al- Alton Robinson, uh, who between him and is it Guthrie, the linebacker? Yeah. Uh, Brian Guthrie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Guthrie. Those two guys. I just, I, I enjoy watching those guys play. I watch a lot of the replays and tape games. Um, those are my, my two favorite players besides the guys on the offense. And, uh, I ran into him and you talk about a polite young man, um, you know, I mean, there's there's schools out there. You mentioned one of them that, uh, you know, had a quarterback that put up 70 points on us last year. And then, you know, they, they've obviously got some character issues as, you know, basketball to football. And I joke with people, go, How, you know, I, you can't really go into a home and talk about more, you know, morality and say, you know, we're going to teach your kid life skills, you know, when, when coaches aren't behaving themselves. Um, and, I, and I say that because I think, I've met a handful of the former, or the the uh, the current players, and there's 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 a gap. You know, I'm 48. These guys are 22, 23 years old. There's a 20 plus year gap, um, but the connection is Syracuse University and being a, a player at Syracuse. So regardless of who the coach is, uh, win or lose, there's a, there's a bond between uh, anybody that's put on the orange helmet and the orange pants, and uh, it's very special. And uh, Dino is just, and his staff have um, just, I mean, I'm I'm just outright shocked that he's had what he's done and the success he's had so quickly. Um, It's just, uh, I don't know, it's just, I'm elated as a a graduate of Syracuse to see them doing so well and just so proud of what's going on there. And finally, Dan, just just what your thoughts are on Eric Dungy. I mean, the leadership that he has had sure. on this team, uh, the fact that he had not been able to finish a season in his first three seasons at Syracuse due to injury. This season, he has back spasms. He's in the hospital. Then all of a sudden, late in the week, he's in practice, and he goes out and plays in the game against Boston College on the road against a hard-nosed, hard-fighting team with a, a coach that I respect tremendously and former Syracuse assistant to Paul Pascaloni, Steve Adazio. They win 42-21, to 21, and he has six touchdowns, three passing, three running. He flips over and is on his head in the end zone in one of the plays. Just what you could say about number one, Eric Dungy, as a player overall, and then the second part of the question, if you're an NFL team, do you give him a shot? Yeah, I... I, I... He's uh, when it comes to injuries, he's like the offensive version of me. Except he he keeps just coming back where I got, you know, things torn and ripped, and I just eventually just kind of kicked me out of the uh, the football world. Um, the, you know, as, as football coaches, you often go out and uh, you meet a lot of young men, and and I send uh, a handful of texts to. Um, you know, coaches, you know, Joe Corley over at West Jenny, you know, Bobby Cusulo's sons over there, Jamie. And I was so excited, uh, uh, the progress that they had made with their program. I said, hey, listen, guys, I'm just so excited for you guys. Congratulations, the hard work. Or you come across a young man and he presents himself so well. I sent a text to the dad, say, hey, got an up. Oh, it just happened last night. Uh, I was uh, I was over in Marcellus and a young man who plays for Auburn, lacrosse, just was an exceptional kid until I realized that he's – my friend's son, and they shot him a text. He came up to me afterwards and just said, you know, hey, Mr. Connolly, how are you? This is Nat, and, I, and he presented himself so well, and I said, hey, Pat, I just want to let you know your, your kid's a rock star. I mean, you did a really good job. You know, um, you should be proud. And uh, that's that's the way I feel of Eric Dungey. He's, 
you know, I talk to my kids and I say, you know, you talk about leadership and, and buying in and um, setting a, a great role model. The, the only thing that is, is, you know, kids think, you know, um, Eric made a comment a couple months, a couple weeks ago about not being concerned with his injuries. And, and I remember saying something very similar to Lynn Swan before the Miami game. Like, I really don't care what happens to me. I just want to play in this game. That's how important it is. And he was like, you don't really mean that, do you? And at that point in my life, I did. You know, um, 18 surgeries later, uh, you know, smarter heads have prevailed. Um, his, uh, the way that he holds himself, the way that he runs uh, that team, the excitement that he has, you know, I would, I would congratulate his parents. And then, you know, it, it, at one point when you drop your kid off of college, you're, you're asking that staff to then take over the parenting responsibilities and the development of your child. And so you got to give Dino and uh, the coordinators and quarterback coaches just all the credit in the world for uh, just continuing to grow these young men. And he's just, you know, he's the guy you go, son, one day I hope you grow up and, and it can be like an Eric Dungey. You know, uh, you know, they just, they got a handful of guys that just stick out. And um, I, I'm like one of those old school guys that we never had fun or celebrated. But our fun was just kicking the hell out of people. But, you know, when I was with Shafe, he's like, dude, you got to relax, man. You got to have fun. You got to let the kids enjoy having success. And so it's been hard for me to transition to that world. But to watch these kids enjoy each other, the success they've had on the field, the way that they celebrate, um, it's fun watching them. And it's, you know, it's it's an honor for me to say, you know, to watch these guys and have my kids say, you know, I'm going to, oh, so you're, I'm going to the Syracuse football banquet on Sunday. Uh, it's over at Drumlin's. And uh, it's the first time since Dino's been here that they're having a senior banquet again. And uh, there are a lot of former players coming into town for it. So, um, you know, it's the Eric Dungey guy, man, I'll tell you what, he's just, I love him. I really do. I uh, I do look forward. I, I try to stay away from all those guys just so I don't break any rules being an alumni. Um, but once they graduate, if I can run into them and say hi and just let them know how, uh, how proud I am of what they've accomplished and who they are as young men, it's... It's very special, and it's, uh, you know, very proud to be an Orangeman. And it's a beautiful thing, and, and obviously this community appreciates it, and I could say being born and raised in this community, I appreciate what all of you have done, win, lose, or draw. It's it's the content of the character, and no matter what decade, what team, how many wins or losses, from you to, to Dana to Don McPherson to Rob Drummond and – Michael Owens and Jerome Smith, Jay Bromley, Justin Pugh, so on and yeah. so forth. I mean, Jim Brown, Joe Morris, Floyd Little. It, it's such an amazing uh, – it's, it's an amazing tradition, amazing community, amazing people, and I know that you know that being in this community. So, Dan, I, I thank you for being on the show. I'm, I, I'm proud and, and honored that you reached out, and please understand awesome. that uh, there will be many more of us on this on this Wake Up Call with Dan Satora broadcast. Well, I wish you – Happy holiday season to you and everybody that listens to your broadcast. It's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, for me, when I, when I transitioned out of Syracuse, um, we weren't leaving unless it was the, the right job because this, this town is, uh, is so important to my wife and I, I met my wife at Syracuse university. We're both Syracuse grads. Um, and the people, you know, uh, that live in Syracuse are great people. Um, and it's just, uh, it's the feeling. I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm getting a little bit tired of the winters. <laughs> I'm getting old and my body starts aching and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, 
you know, it's very much like the Pittsburgh I grew up in. It's a blue collar town uh, with great people that work really hard. So um, it's it's great that we've got, we're able to celebrate the success of our university and athletic teams the way that uh, Dino's put them out there this year. So and then getting a chance to meet guys like you and Lindsley and Nico and everybody else in the media world, Brent Axe, it just it's a really good place to be. So. I'm, uh, anytime you need anybody to get on your show, just give me a holler. It's a pleasure of mine. I appreciate that, and I thank you for those kind words. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, Dan. Take Thanks, care. That coming once again from Dan Conley, former linebacker and assistant coach of the Syracuse Orange and always a member of our community showing some love. Thank you to Dan for being a part of the show. It's really been a long time coming. I wanted to have him on the show like three, four years ago, so I'm happy that we finally had the opportunity to do that and everything happened. God doesn't make mistakes because he's always on time. 